the What Would Kay Say show. I'm your host, Kay Edwards, coming to you again from Brooklyn, New York. But before I start the show, as usual, I got to get my housekeeping out of the way. And now it's a little different this time because New York City is opening up tomorrow. And that means that the studio we'll probably be going back into doing our live shows again. But until then, we're still um, working in place at home and our studios are still closed because we adhered to all of the COVID-19 policies and procedures for keeping everybody safe, healthy, and secure. And we are still doing our live shows from home. Well, not well. Some of us are doing live shows from home. Some of us are doing pre-records, and some of us are just using the archived work that we had recorded previously. But we're still taking donations because, as you know, we are still fully funded by our listeners. So every donation that you give us is totally appreciated, and we also would like to um, 
We'd also like to say, uh, what I'd like to say is go to our website, our website, radiofreebrooklyn.com, click the donate button and give whatever you can. We greatly appreciate it. But I have some new information. It's for an event that's coming on on June 20th. Now, it's called the Undercover Concert Series, and it's making its return on June 20th. And the first performers that they're going to have are Ash Jesus, The Big Easy, and Eclectric Method. Now, Undercover is a virtual benefit concert series that pairs two musicians to perform each other's original work. So tune in June 20th. It gives you an opportunity to enjoy live music from the safety and comfort of your own home. Advanced tickets will be a dollar and at the door, the virtual door will be $3.15. And they're also going to have a virtual tip jar on the, uh, I guess when you look at it on Zoom or however it's going to come. Um, percentages of the donations go to the musicians and also to the Musicians Foundation. So tune in if you want to hear these bands. You can get tickets at Dice FM. And if you need to learn more about this concert series, go to UndercoverNewYork.com. So there. Now we can go back to what we were talking about well what i want to talk about today we could start our show and what i want to talk about today is of course there's been a number of things that has been happening in the news a number of things and today's today i want to start out with my heart was back and forth back and forth not really knowing what to talk about how to approach this um everything that's happening, everything that has happened this week, because it was a lot going on. It's like every day something else is jumping off, jumping off, jumping off. But what God gave me in my spirit was that he needs us to be the doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. He, t- he was telling me that we have a lot of people, and this I'm, I have to also say, yes, this is true, because when it came to me, we have, I see a lot of people posting on Facebook all the time, Facebook, Instagram, you know, I follow the different social medias to see what the, what the atmosphere, what the flavor is that, you know, people are saying and doing and talking about. And when COVID first started and we got locked down in this pandemic, I saw a lot of people posting about God, you know, because we were locked down so more people were turning to their bibles because they were uncertain they were uncomfortable they were confused but now with this george floyd incident more people are talking about unity because of the civil unrest that we're now under and no one really knows which way this wind is gonna blow so with that i want to touch upon that Talk about some of the things that took place this week concerning that, but also talk about what God says in what he's seeing and what he wants us to do. So let me start off with this week. We had a number of protests, right? 
And we had the president come out wanting to put the army on the protesters, right? Because he said they were, I guess, you know, in the street illegally. I guess he wanted them off the street. He wanted the curfews enforced. He said that the governors weren't doing enough to take care of the problems and the issues that the protesters were creating. But I want us to talk about that for a minute. The protests with the rioting and the looting, right? It was discovered during the week, several people had said it, that a lot of those people that were doing the rioting and the looting were planted into the protest to cause a distraction, to just cause mayhem, not really there to protest because they believed the injustice, but they just wanted to be there to cause problems. Here in Brooklyn, there was also a guy that I know that he had someone that had filmed, he had saw a film of somebody filming people, paying them to go strategically around the city of New York to destroy businesses and loot. So now, you have people who are paying people to do this, and then you have other people that are just coming in from all over just to cause problems. You're, you're always going to have instigators. You're always going to have people who want to stir stuff up. It was starting to feel like they wanted it to turn into a race riot. They really wanted everything to just jump up, like almost to the, to, almost to the feeling like back in the 60s when Charles Manson, and he had his people at the commune when they committed those murders, the Tate LaBianca murders, and they made it, they made it appear that they were killed by black people because he was a racist. He did not like black people. And he then wanted to start a race war. And he was talking about Helter Skelter, which if everyone knows or has followed the Beatles from the sixties, they know that is a Beatles song and it's talking about revolution and all that other kind of stuff. And that's what he wanted to create. He wanted to create a revolution, an atmosphere to cause a revolution, black, white. Here we are, fast forward to today, 2020. The year of vision, where everything is exposed, everything will be seen, the veil, the blinders have been removed. Once again, we have those in groups, white supremacists, whatever you want to call them, neo-Nazis, skinheads, whatever name, Ku Klux Klan, whatever name you want to dub them to have, you have a group of people who once again do not want to see a harmonious America because if they feel that it messes up their way of life for whatever reason. And so now they're taking this opportunity with the, the horrific death that we went that we witnessed of Mr. George Floyd they're taking this opportunity with everyone's pain with everyone's anger with everyone's disbelief to now with the protesters infiltrate little pockets all over the place to curb to stir up chaos to take the focus off what it was originally started the protests were started because of what happened to George Floyd but if they can take the narrative and change it, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to take the narrative, make it something that it wasn't so that it would then be, look at them again, look at them once again, look what they do, the they being black people and would another, start another race riot. Because 
we all know that, and don't get me wrong. First, let me start out before I start out with what we know. What we know is there have been a number of people that have been walking with the protesters, people of all races, creeds, and colors. And this, to me, was quite surprising because, yes, we did have we did have a lot of people that saw that video. And I guess it was like from the beginning when God was saying he wanted us to reset. He wanted us to be still. In the beginning, you noticed when we first got locked down with COVID, I was talking about being still, getting into yourself, figuring out who you were, figuring out what you wanted to be on the other side of this pandemic when it finally opened up again. And then here we go as soon as it looks like COVID was starting to get under control and that was the only thing we had to worry about boom here we go with all these deaths Brianna Taylor um Mr um Aubrey and then now Mr Floyd so it was one boom right after the other boom right after the other boom right after the other and then that also caused unrest in people because they're like, well, here we are locked down and now we have all this. And because everything was still and everything was stopped, it gave us an opportunity for everyone worldwide to see what actually was going on here in America. So with that, I say, all that was taking place last week, right? All those things were happening. All those, a lot of people came out. We even started to see businesses come out. And now they're putting up their, whatever it is they're saying about Black Lives Matter, the injustices that have been um, placed upon black people needs to stop. We're seeing all these things. We see, we're hearing a lot of talk, right? A lot of talk. But what we need is action. We could always have wor words and lip service, whereas I'm gonna, when I go into the teaching, you're gonna see exactly what I'm, what I'm, what I'm leading up to. We can have a lot of talk, but we need more action, right? And we're supposed to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word right okay so let's go into the word i'm in matthew 7 if anyone wants to take out their bible i'm going to be jumping around because i'm my the majority of what i want to speak about is coming from matthew 7 but i will be jumping to other um i will also be jumping to other scriptures as they as i see fit you know to bring them in so I want to start with Matthew 7, and I want to start with, now I'm going to go just over, over it, and then I'm going to pick out certain points to really highlight. So now Matthew 7 starts off with talking about judging, judging one another, right? Matthew 7, 1 states, do not judge or you too will be judged. And I'm reading from the NIV version. Because I figured, let me get this in as close to plain English as possible. Because we want to get a true understanding of what the word is saying. So, 
Matthew 7 and 1, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So when I read that, I was like, okay, do not judge. But yet, when I think about it and I think of everything that's happening today, we've always been judged. Now, what I'm talking about, we've always been judged, meaning as soon as a black person were to walk into any arena, any store, any job interview, any place of worship other than a black establishment, it was always, we were always given a side eye and they judged us by the color of our skin before they got to know who we were. So with a lot of this and a lot of people saying, cause I'm seeing on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, I didn't know all this was happening. You know, what can I do? You know, I, I, am so sorry. And like biracial people have been posting now their tales of racism that they've experienced. And I guess the Caucasian side of them, their friends are, Oh, I wasn't aware you were going through this. Oh, I can't believe people can be so cruel. And I'm like, and see, when I say this, I'm told, I'm totally being biased when I say this, because I'm like, okay, it took someone of biracial makeup for them to say that they were discriminated against for you to understand that discrimination and racism existed. But then I said, Kenya, no, don't go there like that. However they learn the story, say, thank you, God, that they learned the story. Don't keep nitpicking of black people have been crying this out for years, but you had to hear it from someone of a biracial makeup, which is fine because I'm, I'm really coming to the understanding that Nate, they actually need to teach each other about this. It's not for black people to teach them what racism is. How can I teach you what you do to me? You know, you're doing it. I'm going to now give you a lesson in what you've been doing. That makes no sense to me. I could try to help you understand, but for the most part, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it because we've been trying to tell you this forever. It wasn't until you saw what happened to Mr. Floyd that it then even sparked in your mind that, oh my gosh, look what the cops did. Then you saw the black people protesting and you were like, yeah, they have a right to say that was wrong. That was really wrong. But you want to know what the real turning point was with the protest and the injustice when it comes to police was when they started burning down stores and grabbing stuff out of stores. Cause as a young girl, my father always told me, you have black, you have white, and you have green. 
and the one that prevails over everything, the one that white people understand or the one thing that matters to them most is the green. When you start messing with their money, there's going to be problems. And I say that because when they started burning down the target, that sparked the outrage of, oh my gosh, look what they're doing. They're looting, they're doing this, they're doing that. But in New York City, we didn't have a curfew. We did not have a curfew until they started busting up stores. Then it was like, okay, it was starting to get unruly after dark. So we had an 11 o'clock curfew. When they went to Soho and broke into those high end stores and then they traveled uptown to Fifth Avenue into the Louis Vuitton store, the Breitling store, any other store that had any type of cha-ching attached to it, curfew was changed till eight o'clock. It was like, oh no, shut it down. They were destroying stores on the Upper East Side. You know we cannot have any of that. Once that started, that's when you saw the curfew, eight o'clock. Yeah, everybody had to be off the streets. More More cops were deployed because you were messing with their money. You cannot mess with their money. And the thing about it is, although we have a lot of people outside protesting, and I don't know if it's because they really believe that there's injustice being done, they really believe that systemically racism has prevailed since the end of slavery, or if they actually just need to get out the house because they're tired of being cooped up because of COVID. I don't know what the actual reason is, but there are like thousands of people that are marching in the street. But for the thousands of people that you see marching in the street, just remember, there's still thousands that are not. And I'm not saying everybody has to be in the street because I haven't been in the street. I haven't been in the street at all. I refuse. I'm, I don't like crowds. Be it for protests, be it for a concert, be it for a party. I don't like crowds. I get very uncomfortable in a crowd. But I say that to say, you still have the upper 1% that hasn't really said anything. And they're the ones that really control what goes on here in the country. So even though you have a lot of people that you see, and like I said, a lot of businesses now, they're jumping on the bandwagon saying, yeah, black lives matter. We have black employees that we have to stand behind. Like you just got black employees. But like I said, don't keep dwelling there, Kenya. As long as they're getting the message, be grateful. Because however they get the message, thank God they are starting to get the message. And yes, because it's the year 2020, God is removing the veils, removing the blinders. And that's what I have to keep remembering. He's like, I told you what I'm doing. So don't be shocked when you see those who you would not think would come around, start to come around. Yes, they're going to, because there's no way they can now stand back and say they do not understand. Case in point, like with the NFL, Drew Brees made his statement. He received a lot of backlash behind it. And then the commissioner, I believe, of the NFL came out and said that he apologized for everything that he had said and done when it came to the protest of taking a knee. And 
that if it wasn't for the black players, there wouldn't be an NFL. Well, hello, did your players just turn black this week? They've been black since you started. Since they not since you started. Let me backtrack that because they weren't they weren't black since you started, but they became black once you learned how they can make you money. Just like all other sports had become black once you found out it was the cha-ching. It was the cha-ching mule. They became black. But I digress again. But I'm going to stick to what God gave me. So going back to the do not judge for you too will be judged and how they were judging us and looking at us sideways, looking at us sideways whenever we walked into an establishment, like I said, just because they're walking with us now, we're going to start to, that level of trust has to be built. I'm not just going to say, oh, it's kumbaya. Oh, you finally got the message. You understand what I've been going through. Cause no, they still really don't know. They're trying to learn and it's going to take them a little time to get on board. So this whole thing about the same way you've judged others and the measure that was used, they now cannot fault us if we are looking at them sideways, like, yeah, I hear you, but I'm still watching what you're doing. Right? I mean, it's only fair, right? So now moving down with Matthew seven, it says true and false disciples, right? Now here we go with this. Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly. I never knew you away from me, you evil doers. That right there is making me think about the church because we all know the church didn't uphold what they were supposed to be doing. Cause if you ever think about it, okay. Like going back to people wanting to talk about the church, people wanting to say we have to be unified. People wanting to say we have to stick together. Don't you know? That when they brought the slaves over here, they used the word of God to justify what they were doing. And black people from slavery have always prayed and relied on God to bring them through. So if anybody knows about staying close to the Lord, it's us. And he says, blessed are the peacemakers, right? Let me get that verse for you. I want you to, I want to read that because that is key to why so many black people are still so calm when we could have just not just burnt the place down, but leveled the place. And Yes, I am typing, so you probably do hear me typing on the computer as I'm talking to you. 
because I am looking it up as I'm talking to you. So I wanna get the exact, okay. The exact verse is, and it's actually Matthew 5, 9. And it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So now, from the time, like I said, that we were sent here, shackled, sold, separated, beaten if we didn't do what we were told, freed, let go, chased down, still had things set up against us, we've always relied on the Lord to keep us at peace, to keep our hearts comforted. So if anyone needs to understand what God is really about, the church now needs to go back. And I'm talking about them evangelicals with that Bible belt down there. They need to figure out where did they drop the ball when it came to understanding what God was? Because if we were all supposed to be one, how did they get the understanding that they were better than us and we needed to be subjected to whatever it is they wanted us to do. So God is calling on everyone who's going to be screaming his name, Lord, Lord. I prophesied for you. I drove out demons for you. And he's going to be like, I don't know you. You might've said you loved me. And you might've said that you loved others, but did you really love others as I told you to? So that's something we need to hold on to also. That's definitely something that we need to hold on to. And with that, I'm gonna come back. I wanna play a couple of songs and we're gonna come back and pick up again back in Matthew 7. So sit back, relax, I'll be back with you shortly. Slavery, none but ourselves can free our minds 
Have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Is all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Redemption songs Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our mind Oh, have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop at the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Yes, some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Is all I ever had Redemption songs All I ever had Redemption songs These songs of freedom Songs of freedom Bitter root will grow bitter. 
Crime and murder, day, human trafficking, racism, police brutality, bullying, rape, trouble, and stay. Show me a piece of people I pray. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done in the earth. Let your glory rise, let your sun shine, let it burn. Through the dark, hey. even through the storm and the rain, we will shout. Cause 
selections gave us some time to think and regroup right think about everything that i said happening in matthew 7 so now i wanted to continue in matthew 7 because i want to i want to lay this i want to lay this number one which is what god is showing me in my heart it's about our foundation and how i said about how the churches started with the whole premise of with the whole slavery thing and how black people have been holding on to Christ forever, forever. We've been holding on to him, looking for a, a, a comfort, a relief, some sort of change, which now the tide of change has come. But what I want people to understand is this has to do a lot with the foundation. And this goes back to the wise and foolish builders. In Matthew 7, starting from verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on, stand, on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. So that's that right there is reminding me of what's happening. All these establishments, all these principalities that we've been praying against, they've got to come down because their foundation is not built on the words that they say, God, whatever God they say, they were worshiping and following. Because had they built their house on a rock, we wouldn't see all this uprest in the street right now. We wouldn't have all this police brutality. We wouldn't have people dying at the hands of the police. But because they built these homes, they built these establishments, they built this whole 
everything that you see right now that they want us to aspire to what beauty is, what being affluent is, what a CEO looks like, what a business looks like, what a boardroom looks like. And you did not see any of us in there or there, what their picture of beauty was. None of us looked like that. It's all going crumble because they built it on sand. All that, all that beauty on the outside had no foundation under the bottom. So that's why when this tide is, this um, rain is coming and the stream is rising and the wind is blowing and it's starting to beat against that house. It's starting to beat against that house and that house is starting to crumble and come down. So that's what I wanted to say about Matthew 7 with that part because that's what he put on my heart as well. Everything that they built up, it's got to come down because it's not standing on the rock, which is his word, which is what he told us we should follow. Because if we're all one, if God created everyone, then we're all one. He sees us all as one. He doesn't see black, white, blue, green, yellow, orange, purple, pink. He doesn't see that. He sees his children. And right now he sees his children not being obedient to what he told them to do. And that's why we're in what we're in. But what someone said to me earlier this week also, which makes a lot of sense. Remember when I had talked about how millennials were turning away from the church because they didn't, they didn't number one, they didn't want to believe anything that was being told to them by the church because they didn't see it happening. They heard the words, but they didn't see the actions behind it. So they were falling away. A lot of their parents hadn't been taking them. So they hadn't been learning what saith the Lord. It's now these millennials and these young people that are taking to the streets that are now witnessing all this stuff that's going on. And they're like, this is not right. This is not right. This needs to change, but we need to have them where they understand what God's measure of right is because there is a measure of right that man thinks is right, but that's not the right way. We don't want to lead into our own understanding. We want to go by what God says his understanding is right. That's what we want to do. We don't want to totally look at things from our viewpoint that would once again, build up these establishments to make them where it's, it's not still what God wants it to be. Yes, it's changed, but it's still not what God wants it to be. But in order for them to understand what God wants it to be, they have to know what thus saith the Lord. So here's a chance and an opportunity. And now people are using this as, as I hear people saying, it's a, te a teachable method. I can talk to my kids about racism. I can talk to my kids about differences with people. You should have had these conversations all before, but who am I to say how to parent your child? But now, since you're giving this the opportunity to talk to your child about your white privilege or even black people, you should have been talking to your kids about what racism was, what injustice was, what systemic patterns are, have been put out there that keeps us back. You should have been relaying these stories to your children, just as the Jewish people do. They pass those stories down. They tell those stories over and over. So then those kids will never forget and they will never let it happen again. Whereas 
We don't tell our kids the story. We need to tell them the story from whence we came. They need to know more about Martin Luther King than it's a day off from school. Point blank. They need to know more about him, what he went through in the 60s, what everything that came before that, the segregation, the separate water fountains. They need to know all that. They need to know. That's what keeps, that would keep them focused on what's real and what's not. So when these people came and was giving them money to break into these stores and to loot and riot, they'd have said, Hey, wait a minute. Uh, uh, you trying to set me up. And yes, I may be desperate for a dollar. And that's another thing too. They keep us so desperate and so downtrodden that even to do wrong, it's easy to pay hours to do wrong just so that they can get their hands on that dollar so that they can try to acquire that materialism that has been placed before us, that that's the standard of what being an American is. So there's so many, so many things that they, that has to be broken down and changed. Yes, it can start with the police because that's what's right there in our face right now, what's giving us a problem right now today, but it goes so much deeper, so deep to that you don't even see it that it, when it's happening, like the education, the way, the way going to college and how they already know on your resume from your name, what you look like, even down to social security numbers, the way they have them tagged, that if it's a, a even number or odd number after a certain amount of digits, they know if you're black or white. There's so many things that they have put into place. Some things that some of us aren't even aware of, but they're there so that they'll know they have the code words that gives them reference to if they're talking to someone black or white, it's, there's a lot that needs to be done, but the only way it's going to be changed is when we follow God and what he put out there for us to do. And that means being doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. And I want to go into James because I know James definitely, when it comes to speaking and the power of the tongue, James has a lot to say about that. So I want to go into him and I want to read something from there as well. Why is it not opening up for me? Let's see. I wanted to go into James 1. So let me get into James 1. You know, it doesn't even look like I'm going to have time to get into James 1. Okay, here it is. I'm in James 1, and I'm starting from verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So with that, that's what we need to follow. That's what he's telling me about being doers of the word. And when we're doers, 
that means we're obedient because when we're obedient, we're following what Christ put out there for us to do, right? And 26 says, to those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So here he was telling us to look out for one another, the orphans and the widows, because we know that in that, in those days, they were the ones that were taken care of. And when the men left them, or if they died, they were the ones left without anything, but not to be polluted by the world. And that goes back to the foundation that I was talking about from Matthew. If you didn't build that foundation on God, everything that you see is smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors. So young people, we have to get to them. We have to teach them what is right in Christ. The church has to go back and check themselves from what they've been doing all this time and get it together. They need to get it together. And with that, Looks like my time is running short. This is the first month. This is the first Sunday of the month for June. Our new word for the month is going to be obedient. What do you know? (laughs) Well, that shouldn't have surprised you. I've been saying it throughout the whole thread of this show. Obedience. We need to follow the word of God. But I want to leave us with this promise. It's in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. So we've started something that we need to continue. And don't forget our word. Like I said, our word for this month is obedient. And we're going to just keep with that and see where this all goes. Let's just Take our time to understand, be patient with one another because we are, we're both treading on this. We're both trying to understand where do we go from here and we have to make some sort of solid plan. We have to have a solid plan or all this is going to just be for naught and it's just going to go up and nobody's going to remember anything and everybody, everybody's going to try to put things back to normal because like I said, there's a lot of people that are protesting, but there's a whole lot that aren't. There's a whole lot that just want things to go back to the way they were. And they don't want to deal with this injustice. They don't want to deal with black people saying that they're treated unfairly. They don't want to deal with any of that. And we cannot allow things to go back. God is saying it's not going to go back. So we need to find a way to bridge the gap to get everyone where they can be comfortable And we can get to a place where we can actually talk and discuss and get some changes going. So with that, I want to say, God bless everyone. The city's opening up tomorrow. If you go out, be safe, still wear your mask because even though with all this chaos going on, Corona is still in the air. That virus hasn't left. So just because we've been out there protesting and I pray it doesn't spike I pray we don't get another spike here in New York with everyone being out and about and around each other and in each other's faces. Be safe, people. Wear your mask. 
take care of one another, be good to each other. And until we meet again next week, I don't know if I'm going to be live in the studio or if I'm still going to be doing pre-records from home. I'm not sure how we're opening up the studio, but I know it's going to be a small transition as we go, but I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. I'll keep you posted with that. Most likely next week will probably be another recording, but until then, God willing, we meet again, be safe, love you and be blessed. Yeah.